Thank you so much, Winning at Home Partners, for being a part of the Home Run Club. This club is designed to include all of you who support us on a regular basis. Thank you. As you know, we are continuing to use our ministry to seek to reach those who need help and guidance with marriage and family. You need to know this. We're on pace right now for 16,000 appointments at our Winning at Home offices. Blows my mind. It's crazy. Never dreamed anything like that would happen, but God has been good to us. We are opening a new facility to reach those who are underprivileged in our own local area and then a new Winning at Home in the Tampa Bay, Florida area. And so I just ask you to continue to pray for us. I don't know where in the world the Lord's taken us, but we're going to try to be faithful to the journey, and we thank you for being a part of it. You may say, uh, why winning at home in the underprivileged area of Highland? I'll explain that. Also, why in Tampa Bay? Let me make that clear to you in case you've ever wondered. In our local area, I felt very clear after we had done the wake-up conference a couple of years ago that we were supposed to reach those who are more underprivileged than some of us. What I mean by that is those who can't get to counseling simply can't get to our facility. We want to make something available more in the inner city where people can walk and be able to reach counselors who will give them guidance. And we want to provide it at much less cost. We have a lot of sponsors and donors who are helping to be a part of that. So thank you if you're part of that and know about that. And also just thank you for helping us to be able to build and get a facility ready for that sort of thing to happen. Our goal right now, as I'm talking to you on the mic here, is to simply take an existing building and clean it up and get it ready to be able to continue to make a mark for the Lord there. And Tampa Bay, Florida, here's why there. My friend Phil Lewis, who I've been friends with for 30 years, uh, retiring as a pastor, a counselor now, and he asked me, would you be willing to allow me to use the Winning at Home name to franchise it in this area? It's a great name. Uh, I'm already doing counseling, and we want to take it to a whole new level. I'll adopt the principles and the policies you have at Winning at Home, and we prayed about this as a board, as an organization, and felt like we should move forward. So pray for our offices in Tampa Bay and the inner city here in Holland. We're trying to do what we can to reach people for Christ. And that's exactly what you're going to be listening to in this speech. I did a two-part series on parenting, and this is called Parenting with Grace and Truth from our most recent book. As you listen to these thoughts, especially this part one, you're going to hear what I believe are the foundational things God is looking for from a parent. There are only a couple things God in his word teaches. Hey, make sure this happens. So many times we get caught up in the way we do discipline, uh, how we're functioning and handling things at home. What's our patience like? Are we uh, meeting the mark as a parent? There's so many things we wonder about as a parent. But God looks for a couple of things. And when you get to the age of 80 and look back, you'll say to yourself, did I do this and this? And today in this message, I'm going to highlight those two thoughts. Hope you enjoy it. So let's go where I was speaking live with this first part one parenting speech, Balance and Grace and Truth. I want you to know I come seeking and asking the Lord how to open up this even first service. I have, there's thousands of things you can talk about parenting. You can go with discipline. You can talk about social media issues these days. I mean, there's just tons of that. We're going to deal with a lot of that next week. And this week, I really felt very clear as I prayed that the Lord just wanted me to give some foundational thoughts for all of us as people and especially as parents. Um, this little book called Parenting with Truth and Grace is based on the concept that in the Old Testament, there was a lot of legalism. There were the Ten Commandments, the do's, the don'ts. You got to do it this way. You got to do this, 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 this. Check this off. Get this done. Slaughter the cow. Slaughter the goat. I mean, all that stuff. And it was a lot of legalism. And a lot of parents parent 
with legalism. It's all no's, 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 don't, don't, don'ts. Jesus came along, New Testament, and said, I believe in all those things, but I give grace. And a lot of parents have erred now to the side of grace, 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 grace. And as a parent, you've got to find a teeter-totter balance between truth, telling your children the facts, and grace, forgiveness, because they're going to fail. And this morning as I come, I come as a parent who has failed. I've done some things well. I've done poor at other things. In fact, last night, um, came about 4.30, again, feeling poor. I got up yesterday and showered about 3.30 and drove over to the church for the little uh, time of prayer here in the beginning. So I did that. And then I went and sat right down here where Jane is and my dad's sitting right by her down here. Um, I sat there for about an hour by myself and just said, Lord, I want you to show me. I've got, I've got my sermon ready. It's ready to go. I got my notes. What do you want me to say? I felt like I, I flipped my notes over and I just wrote a bunch of stuff down. I want to start this message by just reading this to you that I wrote last night about five o'clock. Um, first of all, I wrote down the age of all my children. I added them up, 31, 28, 20. I have been parenting. I added up four children. I added up their ages, 108 years. I've been parenting 108 years. <laughs> Don't tell me my oldest kid is 31. Don't say I've been parenting 31 years. Nope, you got four kids. You get to add it all up. 108 years. And I was just reflecting on my years of parenting. Uh, for loving, being a loving person, a loving father, I gave myself an A. I'm a very loving dad. Consistency in my parenting, I gave myself a B. I'm pretty consistent. I've had failures here, but I'm pretty consistent. In, in, in dealing and being steady in the storms of parenting, I gave myself a D. I lose it, I yell, didn't handle situations correctly. My children would look back and go, Dad, you didn't handle that right. And I think they could make a very valid point. I think they were right. And overall, I gave myself, as a parent, a C plus. I'm a little above average. I'm, I was just honest with myself. Because I'm sitting here today and I have four adult children now. I've been through the age of the young ones. I've got three grandkids. And as I look at myself, I'm a realist. I step back and I go, if I was sitting in the audience, I look at his life, I watch his example, probably C plus. Fair enough. So Lord, if that disqualifies me from teaching today, then disqualify me because I'm try trying to teach your foundational principles. And that's what I'm going to do this morning. And then I wrote down this little thing here I'm going to read. It starts out like a Dr. Seuss thing, but just hang in there with me. It gets better. I could not see, it's what I wrote last night about five, I could not see that this little bundle would make my life feel like I was nothing more than a stumble. I did not know that it would be okay even when things didn't go my way. I have laughed, I have cried, I have been loved and I've been lied to. I have wanted to be done with it all and then Crazily, I've wanted even more children. And only one thing through all of that has been consistent. God never left me. I wrote this sitting there. He has never left me. He was there at 2.30 when I was sitting all along. He was with me one day when I set that little culvert right over here on 16th Street where the, where, where the water goes under. Sitting there one day watching leaves float by, wondering if my leaf would ever even come back home. He has always been there. 
And I felt very sure and very clear that this morning what I need to do is take you to foundational stuff. Because man, oh man, if I took a moment to just think about all the things that some of us have gone through parenting both sides. What you were raised with, what you're like as a parent, oh my goodness, we're off the charts. Some of you had that loving home. Some of you don't even know your parents' names. The parents who gave you birth, you do not know their name. You do not know your father's name. Um, some of you, if, if we had gone in your house, what you did this week, the, the things that were yelled in your home by you, shocking. We're, we're off the charts. And we live in a, in a place... West Michigan, I'm just telling you, because I've raised my family here. There's a lot of pressure for your family to look right and be right. Some of you live under intense pressure from your folks to fit in. When the family gets together, we got to, guys, guys, come on. There's incredible pressure. And we, it's real. We can say it's not real, but it's real. And if there is something that somebody has, don't. And I stand here as a man who uh, has had a lot of my stuff exposed. And I, I can only say this to the glory and credit of God. My wife Jane is sitting right here. By God's glory, I will tell you, we have been humbled. But we have probably the most peace we've had in many, many years as parents right now. Because we see that God is faithful. He will walk with you through anything you face. And here, here's the great thing. And it's going to be okay. Here, here's the statement I'm going to make to you. I didn't know that where I'm at today was mo the most in my life that I feel complete. God has used all kind of stuff to complete me. If I had not faced some of the things I've been through, I wouldn't be teaching the way I'm. I would, I would be standing here saying to you, let me just tell you, I have done things the right way. And I, I don't know if I should say I walk on water, but pretty darn close. <laughs> and if you just do the stuff that Jane and I did, everything will be great. I know a teacher like me that does this around the country. And I just want to go up to him and go, gag, gag. Because I know some stuff about his kids that he hides. Look, Jane and I ain't perfect parents. And we don't have a perfect family, but we love each other. We had a heck of a fun time at Christmas together. And even with our warts and our flaws, you know what I found out? The Lord's using that to complete me the way he wants me to be. And I want to just tell you that, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll go back for the first day I held my first little boy or my first little girl. I had this picture in my head. Throw that up there, Debbie. I had this picture in my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise this child, and this child is going to be perfect, and it's just going to be fluffy, and everything's going to be rosy, and we'll take pictures, and it's going to be great. And this is, this is more what happened for me just in life, okay? I, 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 that's kind of how the picture ended up. Boy or girl, you pick it. And, and to me, that second picture is reality. It's where we really live. First one's Dreamville, but the second one's reality. And I want to start this morning just by giving you some what I call myth busters for parents, okay? So the first one is this. There's a myth out there that you have to be a perfect parent. And the fact is, there is no such thing as a perfect parent. God Almighty is the perfect parent, and after that, we're done. 
Nobody in this room is a perfect parent. My children, as I told you, are in their 20s now, and Alan's 31. Is that right, 31? Yeah, 31. Did you say yeah? Yeah. I always get that wrong, but I just want to make sure. So, do you remember when you were in your late 20s, early 30s? Do you remember what you did with your parents? My dad's sitting down here. Do you know what I did when I was in my late 20s? I looked at his life and thought, well, that, that right there, that's not the way I'm going to do it. And all my children are at that age now. And they don't come as a big huddle and tell us this stuff. They come individually. Hey, Dad, why'd you do that? I just don't get, why did you do it that way? I'm not, my, I'm not doing that to my children. All of them telling me that. And I'll be like, that's awesome. So I got four of them now looking at the way I did it going, I wouldn't do it that way. I remember now doing that to my dad. And at the time, I know why I did it. Because I was looking going, I don't want to repeat that. So here's what I did on Christmas morning with my children. I literally said to my children on Christmas morning, Mom and I are not perfect parents. We haven't done it all right. We're trying to love the Lord. And you guys are looking now as adults. You can see the things we didn't do perfect. But let me tell you what we have done. Let me tell you. I just want you kids to know this is what we've done. We took what our parents gave to us. And we sought to take that over here and raise the bar a little bit. You guys didn't live where mom and I did. You don't know our stories, etc. We took what our parents gave to us, and we've raised the bar a little bit for you guys. You guys can't see that because this is the only home you grew up in, so this is all you know. But trust me when I tell you, we raised the bar a little. Here's all I'm asking of you. Will you take what we have done? Would you be willing to take it over here? Look at your daddy's flaws. Look at all I've done. Look at me right now. Uh, one of my children, I think, is in service right now. Look at my life. Look at all my failures. Take it. Raise the bar a little bit for my grandkids. If my grandkids get raised in a home better than the one you were raised in, I'm happy. And let that keep going. And maybe as a culture, we'll take some more steps up. And all I'm responsible for is to be faithful when it's my turn. Perfectly? No. But faithful. And I want to take the pressure off some of you today who you live in fear. Even have some fear after this service. You're going to go into an environment where you have to look perfect. I'm telling you today, that's not biblical. That's cultural. Take that pressure off yourself because what's happening is causing you not to be as effective a parent as you should be. You're not going to be perfect and be okay with that. A second myth. Sometimes I think we think we should know how to handle everything that comes up. And the truth is, the fact is, there's going to be stuff that comes up you have no clue how to handle it. No clue. Some of you who are young parents right now, there's a day coming in your future. You're going to face something. You don't have any idea how to handle it. I would have never dreamed that stuff, man. I could remember days. I, I remember uh, our daughter. Um, she had a temp one night. Um, I wrote it down because they ended up writing an article about it. It was 105.7 temp. We woke up, went in her crib, checking her out, did the little thermometer thing. That can't be right. Check it again. 105.7. I didn't sign up for that. Nobody told me I had a child, you're going to have a freak night. And she got 100, 105.7. I'm thinking, is she dying inside? I mean, because they tell you 102, 103 makes sense. 105? So I called 911. I'm like, I got a child. This is crazy. We've checked. It's 105. Oh, 
get her to the hospital. I mean, it's immediate. Get ice cold water and douse her in water. Y'all, stop a second. Y'all ever thought about taking a child that's already screaming with 105.7 and going, hey, I got an idea. I mean, that just, you know, I'm, I'm talking to the lady on the phone going, no. Well, you got to get her cooled off. I know I do, but if I put her in cold water, she's going to start screaming more. I don't know what to do, and I got this person telling me that. I don't know. Did not know. She lived. She lived. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't know. I didn't know that the day I brought home what I thought was one of the coolest gifts I ever brought my kids going through the airport and I'd been traveling, and I, this kiosk had flash and belly button rings. I thought they were the coolest looking thing I'd ever seen. They're the size of a dime, and you turn them on, they flash. And if you had an innie, you could just shove them in. If you had an Audi, you had a magnet to hold it on. So it was like, this is the perfect gift. So I bought them. I forgot that I had one child who just loved to put things in his mouth. And he was 10, and he thought it was cool to have it flashing in his mouth. And then he swallowed the thing. And he knocks on the door, Dad, you know that belly button thing you gave us? I'm like, yeah, your mom's wearing hers right now. Check it out, man. <laughs> He's like, well, I need mom's because I swallowed mine. I'm like, dude, was it on? He goes, yeah, it's on. I said, it's in your stomach flashing right now. He's like, I guess. Do you think it's going to hurt me? I got no clue, son. No clue. Why'd you swallow it? I didn't mean to. Oh, come on, Jay. He's 28. He's still got crap in his mouth. You go visit him. Oh, he's got some toothpick or something. I'm like, come on, man. Go without something in your mouth. Whole life, something in his mouth. I remember calling the doctor. Hey, doc, that's a little odd question. I gave my children a belly button ring, and one of them swallowed it. You think, and the doctor said, well, he may need surgery. Boy, that perked him up right quick, you know. We'll give him three days. Well, three days, thanks to mailox and all that stuff, it worked out. <laughs> or whatever it was he took. I know it worked out. It was not flashing, I remember that. But I, I was not, <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> I remember in the teen years. I'm talking about having no clue. I'm telling y'all as parents, you're going to face stuff that you go, I did not sign up for this. That was not part of the bundle picture. I remember my phone starting to ring, 2 o'clock in the morning, laying on the dresser beside me, just I look over, it's my daughter's name on the phone. I'm like, well, what in the world? 2 o'clock, she's upstairs asleep. Why is she calling me? Hello? I answer the phone. It is a guy on the phone. Hello, Mr. Seaborn. I'm like, hello? hello? It's 2 o'clock. I'm out. Jane's just turning over like, who's calling you? I'm like, I don't know. It's a guy. Who is this? He tells me his name. He's like, this is kind of an odd thing to request. I'm like, what are you doing with my daughter's phone? He said, well, she, she was trying to sneak me into your house, and I'm in the trunk of your car, and I'm locked in the trunk of your car. She put me in here, and she must have fallen asleep, and I'm in the trunk, and I can't hardly get my breath, and I'm afraid I'm going to die in the trunk of your car. Where are you? I'm in your garage, Mr. Seaborn. I'm in the trunk. <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me, bro. He's like, well, come out and open your garage and, and open the trunk, and I'll pop out. Like, you, you're serious? He goes, yeah. So I go, Jane's like, who is it? I'm like, just come with me. <laughs> go check this out. 
So we go in the garage. I pop the trunk. A human popped out and ran out of my garage. I'm like, James, like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm going to bed. I got him out. What the world? Are you kidding me? No clue. It's life. It's life. I, I remember literally laying in bed with Jane going, can you just pinch my arm? I just want to check this really happened. You're going to have some pinch me. Is this for real? Moments. It's called life. And as parents, when they happen, you will think this. I don't know what I'm doing. I shouldn't have been a parent. I mess up. I did it. It's life. Because life comes at you. And what I want to do today is give you two foundational thoughts. I'm just going to give you two thoughts. That's it. When I was driving around in my car two weeks ago, with all the things that, that I'm going to share, a lot of them next week, all the things going through my mind, I'm like, Lord, what do I, what do I say to an audience? Thousands of people are going to hear this message. What do I say that you would want them to know? to open up this thought on parenting. And I want to tell you very clearly, I felt the Lord in my spirit say, give them what will matter to them. Listen to this thought. Give them what will matter to them when they're 80. In other words, when you're about done with your parenting life, if the Lord gives you that long, when you get this age, I felt the Lord, I had a little post-it note. in my, I'm driving in my car. I pulled over. The Lord gave me two thoughts. I wrote them down. Here they are. They come from the passage he directed my mind to is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. God gave the parents of Israel two thoughts. You guys get that the children of Israel were all over the place? A lot like the children represented by all the parents in this room, all over the place. And God said to the Israelites, I got to give you two thoughts. If you forget everything else, remember these two. Hear, O Israel. Hear, O children, God says. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you're sitting around. When you're walking along, notice all the things we do are covered here. We sit, we walk, we talk about them when you sit at home and when you lie down, when you rise up. That's everything we do. Sitting, walking, lying down, rising up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. God said to his children, his children, listen up. I need you to remember two things. Because life, and that was a polytheistic society, tons of gods. We tend to live in a monotheistic one God. We know there are other gods, but as general, in the United States, we recognize God. Not in that day. There were many gods in that culture, hundreds. God said, I need you to make sure your kids know one thing. Here it is. I'm going to tell you all what I felt the Lord laid on my heart to tell you. Okay, number one, teach your children that God is God. And they can always go to him. Teach your children that God is God. He is the one and only God. And they can always go to him. 
This is the best thing I think Jane and I have ever done for our children. We're teaching them God's God. We're imperfect. We mess up, etc. But you can always know God is here for you. If mom and I get killed in a plane crash, God is here for you. That's the number one thing I need to do. And when I get 80, I will not look back with any regret that I taught that. And here's the biggest part of what I want to say about this. Listen to me very carefully. Your job as parents is to teach them not to make decisions for them. This is really big. Whether or not they follow this teaching is their call. You got to get this. This is huge. This is the thing the Lord has shown me about my own life in the last 10 years. Because when I was a youth pastor, my kids are going to grow up. They're gonna, I'm going to tell them. And I'm going I'm to make sure they've I, I, I. Hear it? I don't get to decide anymore. They're adults. They get to make their decisions. I had to relinquish that. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life is called let them go. I see it in myself. I see that I've let them go. Because I can't control them. It's hard. Somebody would probably even look at me and go, you need to control that. I can't. I've let it go. All I am responsible for, to teach. Now they get to decide. We live in a society right here in West Michigan where parents love to control what their children do. I'm telling you, that's not biblical. Teaching them who God is Trusting him to take them in their own walk with him is what matters. I had to make a decision. My father's sitting right here. He's 88. Dad knows this. I love him to death. Take care of him today. But he wanted me to stay in Six Mile. He wanted me to live near him. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it wasn't what God called me to do. It was really hard on Dad. Still is. He asked me yesterday, would you be willing to maybe get a trailer and move down there by me? He would love me to be there. But it's not what God called me to do. There would be no winning at home if I had done that. And I'm telling you today, I do not regret that I sought to obey what the Lord wanted me to do first. And I love my father. He has some dementia now. I will take care of him the rest of his life. Love him to death. Love you, Dad. Like crazy. He's been a good dad to me. But I served the Lord before I served my father. And I say that with total respect and love for him. And I want you to know today, parents, I want you to give your children freedom to do what God calls them to do. You teach them and then let them go. The Bible says train them up in the way they should not stay. Train them up in the way they should go. Teach your children about the Lord and let them go. Second, teach them about the Lord. Second, be a fearless follower of the Lord yourself. You, the parent, be a fearless follower of the Lord yourself I'm called to do what the Lord's called me to do on this earth I hope when I finish life 
that my children will look and go, dad was faithful to give his life to the Lord. That's all I can do because there's been Jay Seaborn, then my dad, Joe Seaborn. Now there's Dan Seaborn. There's Alan, Josh, and Chrissy, and Anna. It's just my turn. My grandpa and great-grandpa, they all got their turn. So it's just now in the matter of time. Right now, it's over me. And I'm in between two spaces. I'm watching my father pass on. I'm watching my children take their next steps. It's my turn. And what I got to do is follow the Lord with all my heart. It's all I can do. I didn't get control who the great-grandpa was. That was God's destiny for me. I didn't pick him. God did. My grandchildren down there and great-grandchildren and great-great if time lasts, all I got to do is be faithful when it's my turn in line. And as a parent, you need to stop seeing yourself as fixing. I got to run over here and I, I got to manipulate. Nope. You teach and you follow. You do those two things. I believe you will get to the age of 80 and look back and go, I did what I was supposed to do. Here's where we're caught up as parents. What age do they get these? How much time do they get on these? What if they're texting this? We get caught up in that. It's important. We'll talk about this next week. But this week, when you get to 80, you're not going to be like, what age did I give them a cell phone? It won't be important. <laughs> what will be important is I told them about Jesus. I followed Jesus. You go do those two things. You'll be a good parent. And my challenge for you as parents is to be faithful now while it's your turn. I'm going to go try to do the same. Manage life. Deal with the stuff that comes our way. And point our family toward the God of the universe. Oh, Father, I bow and pray over parents today. We all got our issues. I got mine. Nobody's perfect. And I'm praying today that you would help us to be faithful. Help us to be followers of you. Seeking you with all our heart. Help today those of us who are parents to have wisdom. To know how to seek you in every situation. And point our kids to you relentlessly. We love you this morning. Thank you for being our good, good father. We're going to sing that song as honor and tribute to you. You are the perfect parent. Help us to serve you and follow you with all of our heart. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. amen. I hope as you listen, you're reminded there's only a couple of things that I need to make sure I focus on. That's what will matter when it's all said and done. And I trust this little speech reminded you of that straight from God's word, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Thank you again for partnering with us. For those of you who golf and even don't, we'd love you to come spend the day with us. I just need you to know that coming up June the 11th, we have our annual Big Divot Open. This is a fundraiser and also a friend raiser. If you'd like to come and be a part of it, we'd love to have you join us. It's just a thank you day for us to appreciate those who are a part of our ministry. So again, June the 11th, uh, sign up, if you will, online or just call our office 772-1733 and we will help you sign up. Thanks again for partnering with us. Trust the Lord will continue to be with you. Enjoy the month of April as we move into these beautiful days.